appreciate you. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunities to come together, Lord, and worship you and to give you glory, to give you honor, to give you praise. Lord, tonight we just ask that you would bless, Lord, this service, Father, with your presence, Lord. We invite you to come to every heart, to every life, Father. And we be touched by you, Lord, and by your grace and your mercy. Lord, if there be any sick among us, that they can be healed, Lord. Those that are bound can be delivered, every captive set free. Lord, we just ask that you would just come and show yourself mighty among us, Lord, I pray. Father, we ask that you would forgive us for anything, Lord, or just we want to be, Lord, pleasing to you in every way, Lord, in our lives, Lord, to be matched with your word and with you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can turn to Romans 9 and verse 11. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Before we read, I'd like to say today's a very special person to me. It's her birthday, my wife, Sister Ruth. I want to wish her a happy birthday today. Amen. And amen. Thankful for a, for a good wife. Amen. I believe every man could say that. Thankful for a good wife, a good mate. Amen. We're just thankful to the Lord for all he's done for us and what he's given to us. I'd like to speak to you this evening on the people of the promise. We spoke on the ability to see, ears to hear, but I want to just kind of put it all together, see and hearing and now in action. Is it, you can see, you can hear, but if you don't move or you don't grab a hold of a promise and you don't take it for yourself, it does no good. Amen. But we want to take it. I want to grab a hold of it. Now, Romans 9 and verse 11, it says, For the children, being not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God according to election might stand, not of works, but unto him that calleth. It was said unto her, The elder shall serve the younger. As it is written, Jacob, have I loved, but Esau have I hated. Amen. We let you be seated this evening. Brother Branham would take the scripture and he would preach on hearing, receiving, and acting. And he would, he, would, he would take it and he would type it out. He says, the world today is being gripped by two great forces. Two great religious forces is coming down to a head or to a showdown. And those two forces are the carnal and the spiritual. It's the intellectual and versus the supernatural. And he would take this scripture because he said Esau and Jacob, they represented these forces, became from the, but yet came from the same father, came from the same mother, two sons in the same womb. They came into the world fussing and fighting at war with each other. They've been at war with each other ever since and will be till the end time. And that world, that, the world is, is seriously gripped tonight in these forces. And this service is at war with these two forces. The carnal and the super, uh, the carnal and the spiritual, the supernatural and the intellectual. Amen. It doesn't. 
when we talk about the ability to hear or the ability to see, you know, we want to get beyond our own flesh and our own physical being. That's not what we're speaking about. We're not talking about the eyes that we have today that, that grow weary and grow old and you have to get glasses, but we're talking about the spiritual eyes, amen, to be able to look past all the fog and all the smoke of, of the, of the pit, bottomless pit that is coming up and able to see God still at work and still moving. And even when we can't see it with our physical eyes, we know he's still at work and he's still, and he's still moving. He's still fulfilling, amen, the promises of God. And we find that Esau was represented as the carnal believer. He was an earthly man. He was of the earth, but yet very religious. He was very religious, his religiously inclined. And he was just as, had his religion like the world has today. Most people that you talk to, they got some kind of religion or another. Whether they attend church or not, they're still religious. Amen. Uh, but Esau represented the group that being religious. And he said, you know, he'd say, I'm just as good as the next one. My religion is just as good as yours. I, I'm satisfied. But Jacob, amen, was, a, was of a different character. It was a, something in him that was a spiritual. It represented a spiritual person, a spiritual man. It represented a spiritual people. Amen. He, even though he had faults, even though he had failures, there was something about Jacob. He would look at things different than what Esau would look at him. Because we know, as we, if we read the scripture, as, as they would come to one day as two young boys, there's Jacob cooking a, a, a meal of pottage or some soup, and, and Esau comes up, and he's famished, and he's hungry, just a temporary thing. And, and, he, and he's, he's worried about his temporary body, and he begins to say, can I give, give me some food and Jacob would look at him and say well if you give me the birthright I'll give you the food and, and while Jacob everything in his desire everything in his makeup everything that he ever desired was that birthright he wanted that spiritual part he wanted that promise he wanted what God was given down through Abraham he saw it through Abraham and through Isaac and he wanted it to continue in him amen and here Esau the firstborn he was at right to be able to receive it but he was willing to just give up a little for the, the wonderment of all of these things for just a little bowl of soup. You know, just a little something that was temporary. It, was, it, it satisfied a temporary craving. It, it satisfied a temporary hunger. It wasn't, no doubt, just a few hours later, he was hungry again. But he, in that moment, he lost everything. And you know, that's the way it is with a, a carnal believer. They'll take just a temporary pleasure, just a temporary thing, and they'll trade away all kinds of wonderment and glorious things with God and life eternal for just a little bit of temporary pleasure. But a spiritual man will look beyond the temporary and know that's temporary and it's only just for a moment and sin is just for a season and the things of this world is just for a moment, but the things of God are eternal and of great value. Amen. You can't put value on the things of God. Amen. And so here Jacob, the twin brother by election, by predestination, by foreknowledge, came into the world a spiritual man representing a spiritual people. He had a spiritual discernment of what was right and what was wrong. And if you would understand that the entire church of God is built upon a spiritual revelation. Yeah. 
Amen. The entire church of God is built upon a spiritual revelation. How did Abel offer unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain if it had not been revealed to him that it took blood? But it was revealed to him. Amen. And then when, when, when Cain was, you know, was, was given the opportunity, you know, he heard it. He saw it. He saw what God was asking for. He saw what God required, but he would not go into action to produce what God wanted. Amen. And I believe that we have to be a people that not only see what God wants or hear what God wants, but go into action to to fulfill what God is requiring. Amen. And, you know, as, as Jesus would even ask Peter, you know, who does, who does men say that I am? Peter, without hesitation, seemingly just burst forth and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus would say, Simon, for flesh and blood is not revealed in this. You didn't learn it from your father. You didn't learn it from, through some intellectual education program. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock, my Father in heaven hath revealed these things unto you and upon this rock upon this revelation I'll build my church it wasn't upon Peter a man who would fall it wasn't even on Jesus it was on the revelation of who he was amen Amen. and I believe there's a spiritual people here today that don't have to be educated into it they don't, they're not, they're not a, it's not an intellectual thing to where they got an intellectual knowledge, but there's a spiritual application to the scripture. There's a spiritual application to the revelation of the word. Amen. But even as we said in the service and every service and every day, the carnal man and the spiritual man is at war with each other. Romans 8 and verse 5 says, For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit the things of the Spirit. Amen. So if you you want to know if you're after the Spirit or born of the Spirit, then you're after the things of the Spirit. If you want to know if you're after the born of the flesh and you're still your first birth that is ruling you, then you're after the things of this first birth. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Amen. To be carnally minded in this day, if you looked at everything with a carnal mind and a carnal interpretation and your carnal mind was just feeding on the things of this world, you'd go completely insane. But if you look at it with a spiritual mind, you look at the news with a spiritual mind, you'll see that things are winding up just like the prophecy said it would. Amen, and it stirs something in your heart. He said, because the carnal mind is enmity or war against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. So then they are, that are in the flesh cannot please God, for ye are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Hallelujah. That's who I'm really talking to tonight. Amen. You're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If so be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies. Hallelujah, by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Therefore, brethren, we are not we are debtors not to the flesh to live after the flesh, for if we live after the flesh, we shall die. Amen. But if you through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. 
Hallelujah. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So we want to be led by the Spirit. We want to be moved when the Spirit moves. Come on, somebody. Amen. Not to have a carnal mind and just look at things in a carnal way. Well, it's just a little workup. It's a little emotion or a little bit of this. But when the Spirit moves, we want to move with it. When the Spirit goes, we want to go with it. When the Spirit lifts off this earth, we want to go with it. Amen. What a satisfaction it gives to us to know that when you're born of the Spirit of God, you're sons and daughters of God. Amen. Jacob, it meant so much to him. The birthright meant nothing to Esau. Frankly, he must have despised it because he would trade it for just a little bowl of soup. What I have to do that for? It's the same carnal mind today. What I have to have the Holy Ghost for? I'm just as good as you are. What I need that for? My religion just as good as yours. Why'd I have to go there? Why'd I have to be there? Why'd I have to be in church? Why'd I need this? It's a carnal mind. When you see people that say, I don't need church no more, they're not spiritual. They're carnal. Because his word says we need it. Amen. So when they say that, I'm past that, they're not, they're not nothing more spiritual than you are. They're more carnal. Amen. And carnal, carnality leads to death. Amen. Just hold on for a moment. So they didn't mean, that, it didn't mean nothing that he saw. He despised it. And the carnal believer still despises the birthright today. Amen. The birthright we know is the Holy Spirit. We know that. Them days, you know, the carnal believers said, well, them days are past. That's for another day somewhere. That's back in the apostles' time. But to the spiritual believer, the Holy Ghost is everything to them. I don't want a service without the Holy Ghost in it. I don't want a day without the Holy Ghost in it. I don't want to have a moment without him in my life. A spiritual believer don't care about nothing else. You know, people get in their minds, well, if I can just have some certain person to do a certain thing, pray a certain prayer, I can receive it. No, you gotta, it's got to be to where it's the most important thing to you than anything. The Holy Ghost is more important to you than your daily bread. The Holy Ghost is more important to you than your job, than anything that you've got. The Holy Ghost has to be the most important, and it is to a spiritual mind. To a spiritual mind that says, I've got to have it. I want it with all those in me. I'll lay everything aside. I don't care what i got to do. I don't care if I have to stand on my head and spit out nickels. I want the Holy Ghost. Whatever it takes. The carnal mind wants God to bring the birthright down to their level. But all true spiritual want to be on, to meet God on his level. I don't care what I have to do. I don't care what I have to say. I don't care how I have to act. The only thing, I want it. I want it. It means more to me than my popularity. It means more to me than my job. It means more to me than my mother. It means more to me than my wife, my children, every friend I've got. Give me the birthright. I don't care what I have to pay. I want to meet God's requirements. 
whatever he requires. He said, if it's fallen to dust, if it's speaking tongues, if it's run through the building, act like a maniac, if it's standing on my head, I don't care what it is. I just want to get it. It's the main thing. Hallelujah. The spiritual-minded people, they want their birthright regardless. They want it. And as soon as they receive it, it starts the same reaction. Now, notice what the reaction was. It begins to bring a separation in their lives. It separates them from the law of sin and death. It separates them from their unbelieving friends. It separates them from all these things. Why? Because they now are different. Sometimes it means walk alone. Sometimes it means lose seemingly everything. But whatever it is, I want the birthright. If neighbors won't invite me over anymore, I don't care. I want the birthright. Amen. As long as you got the birthright, that's the main achievement of your life. Amen. That's a direct quote. As long as you got the birthright, that's the main achievement of your life. The main achievement ain't plaques on a wall. It ain't, ain't trophies on, on, a, on a shelf somewhere. That's not the main achievement. The main achievement in this life is to receive the Holy Ghost. Because the Holy Ghost is the token to get out of here. Hallelujah. As long as I'm born of the Holy Spirit, what difference does it make? As long as I'm on my road to heaven, what difference does it make? As long as I know Jesus and the Spirit of God living on the inside of me, what difference does it make? He saw carnal. Didn't make no difference to him, but yet he was religious. His papa and mama was religious. That was good enough. We find out in every revival, there's twins that are produced. Every revival has twins. There was, there was twins. There was Cain and Abel. There was Jacob and Esau. There was all the way down to Jesus and Judas. Every one of them produces twins. First thing you know, the carnal man begins to think, well, these guys are going off on the deep end. I, I better get away from them. And he said, they go back to the intellectual part. The carnal goes back to the intellectual part. They want a pastor that'll speak pleasant things. So they don't want a spirit-filled pastor <laughs> that'll obey the Holy Spirit from the platform and preach the word just like it is. That's what I want. Amen. They'll preach the word just like it is, as John said. Lay the axe to the root of the tree and let the chips fall where it will. Most of the churches want that out of the pulpit. They want, they want, they want somebody with a little in, more intellectual. Ability to speak and to do these things and say a few good words. I want the Holy Ghost in the service. Hallelujah. The difference has always been since Cain and Abel, the first human beings there, as they begin to worship, they begin to war. What was it? One offered his best and one offered what God required. One offered his own doings and one offered what God wanted. Hallelujah. Amen. But it, what is it? It brought separation. And Abraham and Lot, it brought separation. And, and when you receive this same spirit, it'll bring the same separation in your life. All the things of carnal that carnality will begin to fade away. The things you thought were important one time are not so important no more. He says, you know, the church needs a good cleansing. 
He said, what we need today is some old-fashioned revivals just sweeping, the same power of the Lord sweeping through the building. We need men and women who's willing to sell out everything in this world and burn every bridge behind them. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. I, I wish we could even just have a service like that to where we're willing to come to a service and burn every bridge behind us. Burn everything that happened last week and yesterday and even, even earlier today. Just burn it and say, God, I'm going all the way. I'm getting everything I can out of this service. I'm going to look into the depths of God. I'm going to hold on with everything I got. He says, like the old Norwegians, the old, old folks that used to go out in war and they'd take a ship and it'd hit the shore and they'd set that ship fire and burn it behind them. There wasn't no way of going back. He said, that's the way we ought to do. Burn every bridge. <laughs> burn every way back. Sell out everything for the kingdom of God and start moving forward. There's no place of stopping and there's no place of compromising. God don't want compromisers. God wants his church to look like God. He don't want it looking like the world. He don't want it acting like the world. He don't want it being like the world. He don't want you acting like the world and being like, he don't want compromisers. Burn every bridge. But you can't have this. You can't understand it until it's revealed to you. This whole thing is built on spiritual revelation. It has to be hear, recognize, and act. It's revealed to some and not to others. One man can read. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the carnal mind will say, well, in a way he is. And a spiritual mind will say, in every way he is. Amen. Amen. You can read, go into the world, preach the gospel to every creature. These signs shall follow them to believe. And a carnal mind will say, well, that was for the apostles. But a spiritual mind will say, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Hallelujah. A carnal mind will say, God, can God do this? A spiritual man will say, God's already done it. Amen. A carnal mind will war against the word of God. A spiritual mind will say, yes, Lord, to every word. It's everything to me. A carnal mind will say, maybe another time, another day, another service down the road. A spiritual mind will say, he's God now. And if he's God now, he's here to answer my need according to his riches and glory. His people are a peculiar people. You say, well, you're just different. You're exactly right. I'm different. Anyone that's born of the Spirit of God is different. Anyone that's met the pillar of fire is different. Amen. It is not the same no more. You can't be when you meet him. It's impossible to remain the same. Jacob, as we've been reading, he was the deceiver. He, he, he had faults. He had this. But after he met the angel, it changed everything about him. It changed who he was. It changed how he walked. It changed his name. It changed everything about him. We find out when revelations come, a man hears it, 
He recognizes it to be God, and then he acts upon it. A carnal mind hears it and says foolishness and walks away. Could you imagine way back in Bible times and Noah was out in the field one day and farmer and he heard the voice of God and the voice of God says build an ark it's going to rain I'm going to destroy all the wickedness of this world is coming to an end go build an ark because it's going to rain what if Noah got up and said you know maybe I better build me a boat it might rain sometimes but that ain't what that wasn't what he was maybe one of these days I'll get around to it maybe another service some down down the road I'll build an ark Maybe someday I'll start down that road. Maybe, maybe one day I'll give my heart to God. Maybe, maybe just someday here soon, if he'd have waited too many days, the rain would have fell and he would not have been ready. But he, he not only heard it and recognized it, he went into action. Amen. He began, he did, and then when he went into action, you know, he had, he had now he'd heard it, he'd recognized it, he's in action. He's putting nails into boards, he's sawing boards, he, he's gathering trees, he's building rooms, he's building this big mammoth thing of a boat, and people are looking at him, making fun of him, calling him all kinds of names, idiot, stupid, this, that, and the other, lost his mind, he's a maniac, he's done gone crazy. Yeah. Noah didn't even listen to it. Another nail went in. Amen. Why? Because he heard it, he recognized it, and now he's acting upon it. He didn't care what anybody had to say about the message that was revealed to him in that hour. It didn't bother him no more. He didn't have to get on Facebook and see what this one's saying and what that. He didn't care what they were saying. Just put another nail in the ark. Amen. I'm getting ready to get out of here. Amen. You got to get to the point. You're not concerned about the critics and the people and their voices. You've heard it, you recognize it, and you're in action, and you're marching towards heaven. Go ahead and put another scripture into it. Put another word into it. Put another revelation into it. Let me have another service where the power of God comes down. Let me have another moment in his presence. I don't care what a critic says. They're what they are, critics. He says, that's the way people get sometimes. You say, well, I got started and the devil made me go back. He says, that devil didn't do it. You did it to yourself. Oh, mercy. We want to blame a lot of things on the devil that we do ourselves. Everyone that comes to God has got to be tempted and tried, certainly. But a real believer that's heard the word of God and he's recognized it to be the word of God, he will act upon it. Amen. He, he was here. Noah's acting. He's scoffers are coming. This one's saying that. That one's saying that. he was positive that this was the word of God he heard. He recognized it was God and he was acting and it come to pass because God said so. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Could you imagine an old man, Moses, now 80 years old, whiskers hanging down his face, hair down to his shoulder, white as it can be, walking down through a desert, and you walk up to him, and he's got a little mule and a wife, wife and child on a mule, and he's got a little crooked stick just hobbling along. Where are you going, Moses? I'm going down to Egypt. What are you going to Egypt for? I'm going to take over. How ridiculous to the carnal mind. How ridiculous is that for one man to go take off? Hey, Brother Adam said it would be like one man today going and taking over Russia. 
It was that kind of power that they had. It was that kind of army that they had. But here's one man that had met a God on the backside of the desert. And he said, you go tell Pharaoh, let my people go. Hello, it wasn't up to Moses to bring it to pass. It was only up to Moses to act upon what God had said, and God would bring it to pass. Hallelujah. These words that are here, laying in these scriptures, is not up to you to bring to pass. It's up to God, but it is up to you to act upon it. Begin moving towards it. I'm going to take it over. I'm going to take my God-given privileges. I'm going back to the enemy's camp. I'm going to take my joy. I'm going to take my godliness. I'm going to take my happiness. I'm going to take it all back. I'm going to take my children. I'm not leaving a hump behind. Amen. was so revealed to Moses, he would look that devil in the eye and he would say, go, just go halfway. He said, I'm not going to halfway religion. We're going all the way. I'm not going to your intellect and your ideas. I'm going with what God said. God gives a promise. When his spirit comes, it fulfills that promise. First thing you hear it preach, then you recognize it to be God's truth and then go into action. The carnal mind thinks you're just off the deep end somewhere. But it looked like a one-man invasion going down to Egypt. But he'd heard the right voice. He recognized it, and now he's obeying it. You can say, I can't do it. Yes, you can. You say, I can't do it. Yes, you can. If God speaks to you, and you recognize it to be God, and you recognize it to be his promise, go into action and see what God will do. You'll take over. He said, when, I, when, I, when you're going to action, when a cripple will go into action and say, or maybe say, I can't walk, and you say, yes, you can. Jesus said so, and he goes into action. He'll start walking. Whew. Maybe the man that's got cancer says, I can't live. Yes, you can. God said so. Moses, you're going to take over Egypt? Why, that's an impossibility. I'm going to do it anyhow. I don't care what you say. What kind of weapon you got? I got a stick. (laughs) What kind of weapon? I got a stick. But God said so. When God said so, the spiritual mind catches it, and that's all they need. Hello, somebody. When God says it, a spiritual mind catches it, and that's all they need. They don't need an examination by a medical doctor or psychiatrist to see if he's able or have mental powers or anything. God told him so, and it's settled. So he went, and that's the way every believer is with every believer. In John, or James 1 and verse 22, read a few scriptures here for a moment. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. James in verse 25 says, But whosoever looketh unto the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. <laughs> So not just somebody's going to hear something. And what, man, I, you know how it is. You ain't out of service just a moment. Somebody asked, what did the preacher preach? Oh, if you wouldn't ask me that, I could have told you. What sense does that make? <laughs> if you wouldn't ask me that, I could have told you. 
We, we be, if we're not careful, we become hearers, but we become forgetful hearers. Let it slip in and right in, you know, just a thing of just every day. It's Wednesday, it's Sunday, it's Wednesday, it's Sunday. And before you know it, you're just in this little track, you know, it's Wednesday and Sunday. We need to be aware of what God's doing and where we're at in this journey and what's going on. And not just be a hearer, a forgetful hearer, but a doer. Put it into action. John 13, 17 says, if you know these things, happy or blessed are ye if you do them. Amen. So we have to be doers of the word. When a, when a believer's spiritual ear or a spiritual heart hears the word, it don't just hear it. It don't just, it don't just see it. it. It grabs a hold of it and it does it. Yeah. Right. What good would it do for God to come out of heaven and say, I'm going to destroy the earth, build a boat. And nobody, everybody heard it, but nobody done it. Everybody would have died. But somebody not only heard it, and seen it, but they begin to act upon it, begin to do something with it, begin to let it live. Paul, one time out in the ocean, obeying the commandments of God, God was having him to sail somewhere and let loose from the shore. And he had told him, you know, what was going to happen. And, you know, there was intellectuals on that boat. They knew more about the ocean apparently than God did. There's intellectuals in our day that apparently know how God's up to them than God knows. You know, Brother Adam said there was a captain on that boat, was an intellectual. He couldn't believe God's prophet. So he just let loose the ship and started sailing. And about 14 days a night, no moon, no stars. This old ship was waterlogged. All hopes was gone. They threw everything just about they could overboard to unload it. All hopes was gone. He said, but I imagine Paul was going down there, walking up and down the galley somewhere, or up on maybe on the bulkhead of the ship saying, well, Lord, I'll come to you in the ocean, I suppose. So he just began walking up and down, having a good time that night, rejoicing, dragging chains behind him. Just rejoicing because he was going to see his Savior. <laughs> but he said, what happened? He said, just like a, a, a you know, all of a sudden, he's, he's dragging, shaking hands like that and saying, give me good courage. Praise the Lord. And what's the matter with you, boy? And he said, this little hook-nosed Jew shaking hands. What's the matter with you, Paul? Be of good courage. Go ahead and eat something. You ain't ate something in a long time. You've been fasting. Eat yourself something. Be of good courage. Nothing's going to be lost. Are you going out of your head? Nothing's going to be lost. Maybe you fasted too long. Paul, you become delirious. Oh, no. Last night, the angel of God, whose servant I am, stood by me and saw, said, Paul, be not afraid. There's not going to be any life lost. And he said, I believe God. I'll just do as he told me. He recognized it to be God, and he went into action. He said the moon was just as far away as it ever was. The sun was just as far black as it ever was. The stars were still not shining. The ship was still going down. And the devil was sitting on every way with glee in his mouth saying, I'm going to get him this time. I'm going to get him on the next time. But the angel of God beat the devil there. Hallelujah. Oh, my, and Paul heard and recognized and went into action. We're just as good as sitting on the bank right now. God said so. It's all over. I'm on my way, and I'm going to give him praise anyhow. 
Oh, do we have any pause here? Maybe there's one you see the devil coming after you. Wave after wave after wave. Don't worry. The angel of God will beat him to you. Hallelujah. There'll not be a son lost. There won't be one son or daughter lost on this ship of Zion. But we're going all the way. Hallelujah. We're not sinking. We're not going down. We're going up. Stay with the ship. Hallelujah. Go into action. Paul in action now. Gathering some wood, building a fire. It's going to be a good service tonight. Throwing a little more and more stick on the fire. Throwing another stick. All of a sudden, a snake bit him on a Wednesday. Look, look at there. There's a snake, and he reached over that fire and just shook him off in it. Amen. What was it? He was spiritual mind. He shook off the snake, and he carried on. We need to get into action. Doubt may bite you. Shake it off. Amen. Fear tonight may have grabbed a hold of you. Shake it off. Amen. Sickness tonight may have grabbed a hold of you and bit you. Shake it off. Let it build your fire. Hallelujah. Use it against the devil and shake it off in the fire and let it become fuel for your fire. Hallelujah. That's what the sickness was given to you for. That's what the doubts and the fears was coming upon you so you could stand up and begin to go into action and shake it off in your fire. It wasn't given to take you down. It was given to build you up. Shake it off. You can look back and say, he's kept me in the storm. He kept me when the boat was going down. He kept every word every time. Can anybody here tonight say God has not kept one of his word? No, sir. He's kept every promise. So whatever it is tonight on you, just shake it off in the fire. He says, what we have seen in the kingdom of God, it ought to put every born-again Christian into action. He said, but if we're not careful, we don't respect it. We don't realize it's God. We get a little curious about it. We like to see little things, get sensations. We like to feel good. We like to do things. But really, when it comes to really respecting it and believing it with all of our heart, when that happens, it'll put you into action. When the angel met Mary that morning on the road to the well, told her she was going to have a baby not knowing a man, it put her into action. She went quickly telling everybody she was going to have a baby, knowing no man. She didn't care what people said. She had met an angel. (laughs) She had met the angel of God, and it put her in her action. She was conscious that the Holy Spirit was upon her and creating her alive. If we could only realize that the Holy Ghost is upon us, creating us a life of faith, and is trying to present himself in so many different ways and trying to create your faith for a rapture in church. It should put us into action. The pillar of fire in this last days ought to put every church into action. It's been vindicated. Signs of his coming are at hand. Like the woman at the well, she went into action. As soon as Jesus told her she had five husbands and the woman had been looking for something like that to happen 400 years, no profit. And all at once, she goes down to the water one morning unexpectedly and there she met someone real. He said, God will put the angel before you sometimes, somewhere, unexpectedly. That's good. Hallelujah. That's good. 
He said, I hope it will be this evening. Amen. He did it to her when she didn't expect it. Hallelujah. Maybe it was a Wednesday evening. I don't know what time it was or what day it was, but whatever day it was, here she come just like every normal time, walking down, and all of a sudden, as we heard that story of that bump that hit that boat, Brother Mike told there the other, other day at our meetings, Brother Branham said it was the angel of the Lord that hit their boat. <laughs> you might have thought, oh, man, things are shaking, things are going on. You need to recognize it might be God. Boom. Trying to say, it's time to get into action. It's time to move. It's time to walk on your promises. It's time to, time to grab a hold of them. Amen. It's time, to, it's time to get moving in the things of God, moving into action. Amen. Moving. He told Israel to get into action and to drive the inhabitants out. Is that what he told them? Drive the inhabitants out. They had heard about God. They had saw God. And now it's time to get into action. Drive them out. Drive the Canaanites out. Drive the Jebusites out. Drive the Amorites. You say, well, I ain't got none of them. Well, maybe you got some diseaseites. Or some worryites, or some bad marriageites, or some stressites, or some rejectionites. Whatever ites you got, drive it out. Whatever devil is sitting on your promise, take the sword of the word and drive him out. I will not be bound by you. This is my promise. This is my inheritance. You will not keep me back from one part of it. Hallelujah. But what he has spoken, he will fulfill. Get into action. Drive them out. Be like Peter. Let down the net. He'd been all night long, been trying. Night after night, all night, just hour after hour, moment. Throw it over here. Surely there's got to be something over here. Pull it in. Here's a fisherman. Throw it on this side. Get over there. Over here again. It's, it's, It's a Wednesday night. Let's throw that net out. Pull it in. Throw it out again on Sunday. Pull it in. Peter doesn't give up. He wore out. He done threw it down. I don't know how many times. But all of a sudden, unexpectedly, Jesus is standing there. What is he telling? Peter, put down the net for the drought. Put it down for the abundance. Put it down and, and let me fulfill my word. Amen. It may have been hour after hour, time after time, Peter trying and trying, but all of a sudden he looks up and he sees him and he recognizes him, hears him speak. Now he's got to go into action. Is he going to just sit there and just mull around in his mully grubs from all night fishing and being up all night and not catching a thing and being up in time after time after time and hadn't felt the spirit of God and hadn't seemed to move on him in a long time and he'd been in a drought, been in a dry place. But tonight he's saying, Peter, put down the net. Let it down one more time. Amen. See, it ain't up to you to put to fill the fish or the net full of fish. That's up to God. But it's up to you to put the net in the water. 
Amen. It ain't up to you to fulfill a promise. It ain't up to you. Amen. To, to try to manufacture something. It's up to you to say, here I am, God. I'm putting myself at your mercy and your grace and your will. I'm letting my net down. I'm letting my insecurities down. I'm letting my regrets down. I'm letting it all down. So you can do something. Get into action. Quit reasoning. Quit overthinking. We'll get into overthinking mode all the time. Brother Brandon would say over and over, I, I got plenty of them, not here in this particular sermon, but in others of him talking in, 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 in prayer lines and discernments, talking to people, you're crossing bridges before you get there. You're taking on other people's problems. You're, you're doing this. You're doing that. You're crossing it over and over. You've you got a nervousness. And he said, it's caused from you taking on other people's problems or you crossing bridges before you get there. In one place, he told a woman, he said, you cross bridges before you get there. And he said, that worry has caused acid to get in your blood, which gives you arthritis. Don't by going to the doctor. Dr. Jesus knows where the problem's at. Amen. We, we get into overthinking. We get into reasoning. We get into worry. All you got to do is just let, let go and let, let the net down. What is it? Let go. Move into action. Amen. Let's not, let's let the net down. Let God fill it up. Let the rock go and let God take it to its mark. It'll kill a Goliath if you'll let it go. Amen. If you let down it, if you let down the net, it'll catch fish. Amen. If you'll let God, let God anoint you tonight to grab the ox goat of faith, it'll whoop an army. Amen. It'll beat back every devil. If you'll grab a promise, it will be fulfilled. Move and God will open up the Red Sea. Sing, shout, and worship. God will bring down walls. Sometimes when you least expect it, the angel of the Lord comes in the room. Just in a moment where you're not expecting, or maybe a place you're not expecting. But he comes. And he didn't come for nothing. The angel of the Lord never appears for nothing. It's always for an important moment or junction. <laughs> we discussed it last night on the junctions. It'll be coming up later in our in our our witness and mission outreach about the junctions. At every junction, an angel came. Pillar of fire came. A burning bush. Something supernatural happened at every junction. And we have seen it in this hour. He came down visible among us. Showing he's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's just needing somebody to put a net in. He's needing somebody to let a rock go. He's needing somebody to grab a hold of an ox goat and go to whooping Philistines. He's needing somebody to take care of them Jebusites and them websites and all those things out there. He's ready for somebody. Here she was, a woman, what we call ill fame, prostitute, child turned out and let go by her parents. Maybe as a young teenage woman, pretty girl, 
let go and her morals decayed and she comes walking up to get some water. She runs into a man and she, he spoke to her. And the things he, the things that he began to speak, what if she just got mad and throwed her water pot down and walked off? Said, well, I don't know about all that. But no, something began to ring bells in her heart. He began to take her. You know, I think it's a beautiful thing in that story was she come there with her water pot. It was one thing that's very important because the wells wouldn't like today where we can go to a spigot and turn it on and fill your pot up. So they had to have these things to reach down and get water. And here she comes in. And Jesus said, woman, give me a drink. She begins to speak. And, and he says, well, I can give you a drink and you'll never thirst again. He said, she said, well, how, how can you do that? You don't have a water pot. I, I got a water pot. Look what I got, a water pot. But Jesus began to speak to her, and he begins to take her from the surface of life down to the depths. And you can see the steps as he takes her from oh, yeah, up, here, up here on the surface, just living on the surface and her daily life and her activities. Next thing you know, she begins to talk about religion. and She very, shows she's very religious. And then all of a sudden as he speaks to her, she says, you're a prophet. You're a prophet. But he wanted to take her deeper than that. He wasn't just a prophet. He was more than a prophet. And all of a sudden, it went so deep in her heart, she began to scream out, you told me these things no man can know. You have to be the Messiah. And the scripture says, you can read it in your own Bible, it says she left her water pot. And she ran into the city to say, come see a man who's told me things. Told me all these things. What she thought was so important at the beginning, after she met Jesus, wasn't important no more. And it goes back as we were saying, when you meet him, all these other things are not important no more. It's just a water pot. It'll decay. You couldn't find it today if you was looking for it. You maybe couldn't even find a particle of the dust of clay it was made for, but you'll see that woman again. Why? Because it was a seed of God on the inside of her, and she recognized, and she heard, and she acted upon it. It's the Messiah. The blind man after he was healed. So I love that story. God created eyeballs, spitting some clay, made him eyeballs, said, go wash. He went and washed, came back seeing. Jesus hid himself. And they began to question him. So who did this? Brought his mother and father in there. Brother Brandon said that this bunch of lukewarm believers wouldn't stand for the truth. Some intellectuals had an idea but didn't have the revelation. But this man, it had happened to him. They begin to say, well, that, that man's born in sin. He, he's Beelzebub, he's this, calling him all kind of names. He said, well, here's a marvelous thing. Never since before the world has been made has a man been born blind, been given his sight, and yet you don't know who he is? He went into action. 
It caused him to move. It caused him to go and testify. It caused him to tell what God had done for him. He went into action with his testimony. The pillar of fire ought to put us in action today as we've seen it vindicated in the words of his promise for this hour, this last day. It should put the whole move of God into action, into moving, into changing, into into taking the promises of God, not sitting around lackadaisical, but grabbing a hold of it with everything we got. put some men in action one day in the upper room. Maybe they begin to talk. So I, I think, Brother Peter, we got it. Peter knew he didn't have it. He'd already felt like, he already knew what it felt like not to have it. Denying Christ, and denying the very one. He'd seen the miracles and he'd seen all the things that had happened and deny him. Well, I won't do it today and go to school the next day and deny him again. He knew what it was about. Peter said, boys, we ain't got it. He said, stay here until we receive the power from on high. That's what I'm waiting on. They begin to get in one mind and one accord. And the promise came and we made manifest and the Holy Ghost fell and divided itself as tongues of fire upon each one of them. And while they were under influence by the Holy Ghost, they went into action, staggering like drunk men, screaming, speaking in tongues. Out in the street they went. They said, these men are full of new wine. Peter stood up and he said, this is that which spoken of the prophet Joel. And it came to pass in the last days. What did it do? It put him into action. It put him into preaching the gospel and standing for truth until where he'd come down to his moment. He wouldn't deny it. He'd say, hang me upside down. I ain't worthy to be crucified like my Lord. Put him to action. It'll put you into action. If you ain't got it, it'll put you into action when you get it. When you see the word of God fulfilled, when you see in these last days, it'll put you into action. It'll be begin to move in your heart, something to begin to well up. I ain't sitting here one more. I'm going to take my promises. I'm going to grab a hold of it. Tonight is my night. I'm letting down the net. I'm going to let God fill it full of fish. I'm going to let a rock go, a promise of God. It is going to slay a Goliath. It ain't up to me to do it. It's up to him to fulfill it. It's just up to me to put it in action. Begin to move. It ought to put every member of the body of Christ into action. Get everything in you can because this is the last hour. It's the last call. It's the last call. It's the last call. Word by word, it's been fulfilled. It will surely put us into action to realize what's just before us. If you know these things, happy. Or blessed are ye if you do them. Be doers of the word. Say, God, I don't want just my Bible to be old dusty papers. Message tapes to be just old, full of cobwebs. I don't want my life to be since when I go to move, it just creaks and cracks because I, I hadn't moved. I hadn't, I hadn't. Sometimes when the Spirit of God begins to move, you can start hearing. 
People ain't moved in a long time. But may it just go to popping. Break all the rust off. Break all the old. Lord, oil me up by your Holy Ghost. Let me be used of you. Let me be a channel you can come through in a service, in a school, in a job, somewhere, Lord, that I can be a a moment, a time, and maybe an unexpected time that an angel can come and speak. And what the angel speaks, he will perform. Let's bow our hands. I ask you tonight, has your spiritual life got mothballs? You know, today there's places in Arizona and no doubt around the U.S. of old planes and war planes that used to fly, drop bombs over the enemy. Many victories are now just set and covered up mothballs. Has our life, has your life become that? Just inactive? God's calling for active duty. He's calling for men and women that will stand on a promise. Satan's trying to wash away even rapture scriptures and the promise of a rapture. Say it's already fulfilled. There's got to be men and women that'll stand on that. So this is my promise. I'm going to be changed. This body, this this corruptible body, is going to take on incorruptible. This mortality is going to take on immortality. I'm going to be changed. Have you settled maybe for Pharaoh's decree of just a halfway? Just go out there a little ways. We don't care. Go to some services. But you're going to come back and you're going to have that same bitterness. You're going to have that same thing in your heart that's kept robbing you time after time. Or will tonight be the night you let down the net? Will tonight be the night you let a rock go? Sling it towards a giant. Or will it be another service on Sunday where you still? Lord, I I hadn't felt anything. Lord, I, I hadn't sensed you in a long time. I just been in a drought. But he's staying standing here telling you, let down the net. Go into action. Move and see what I'll do. Give me an opportunity. Give me an opportunity to fill the net up. Give me an opportunity to kill another giant. Give me an opportunity to open up a Red Sea again. Give me that chance. Go in action.
wonder tonight if you'd say the birthright. That birthright, Brother Timothy, means everything to me. It means everything to me. I want it more than anything. Father, ask, Lord, your word to just sink into our hearts. Lord, may we be a church of action, a church that's moving, thriving in the spirit, the Holy Ghost of the hour. Lord, not a mothball, not all caught up in intellectualism and psychology and, Lord, things... Lord, that are just temporary. But Lord, let us be spiritually minded. Forgive us of our carnalities, Lord. The times we've doubted the promises of God. The times we've, Lord, just let it fall to the wayside. But God, tonight, Lord, may we be challenged to go into action. Believe in what you said you will fulfill. And we're going to testify and we're going to proclaim the goodness of God. We're going to proclaim the testimonies. We're going to proclaim that you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're going to hold that banner up high. You still heal. You still deliver. You still set free. You still save. You still do everything that you ever did because you're still the same. Oh, God bless your people. Lord, there's some warriors here tonight. Maybe their armor's got a little creaky and they've allowed it to get a little rusty, but tonight they want to keep moving. They want to keep going on in the promises of God, grabbing a hold of every promise and not letting go. Granted, Father, may we go into action, moving in the presence of God. Lord, may we never set down on your spirit. Lord, and just let the Spirit blow through and we not respond to it. But Lord, let us respond with everything within us. We could be like those young trees, Lord, as they begin to move and that wind would begin to blow. Lord, let it put us into action. I pray in Jesus' name. Trust him in his prayer.